Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. This is Scott Reichel, and this is the Betting Barrier Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the Bay Area's number one sports podcast network. The only place of the show for every team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in your favorite directory, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. You can find me on Twitter at Rice Shell Radio. On this week's show, we're going to be talking about the San Francisco 49ers and their upcoming football game over the next week from a betting perspective. But before we get into any of that, I'm going to have a quick word from our sponsor. All the major sports are in action this week with the college football playoffs ready to kick off. BetOnline is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info, including news on pro football, the NBA upcoming fights, and NHL games this season. Head to the website today to get into the action and see all the updated odds for the week. Remember to use the promo code Believe B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Welcome back, everyone, to the Ben Variety Podcast. Before we end a break, we discuss the plan for this episode. Once again, going to talk about the upcoming Week 16 game between the 49ers and the Baltimore Ravens taking place on Christmas. Before we get into any of that, I do want to recap what happened with our plays and the Niners game in general in Week 15. Starting off with our picks, we ended up splitting. We had the Niners minus the 12.5 against the Cardinals, which got there as the Niners won the game by 16. However, we did lean to the under in the game, and we thought Arizona's offense would struggle. And it did not, as the Cardinals actually scored 29 points. The Niners scored uh, scored 45 anyway, so it didn't really matter. But the point is the total was not that close, but the Niners did cover, so picked up a split there. As for the Niners, though, they keep rolling, and it does seem like that three-week, I'd say, slump midseason was a fluke, because since that three-game slump, they have not lost. They've lost six straight, and they've won each of those six games by at least 12 points. They are rolling. They are easily, in my opinion, the best team in the league, and now they have a fun matchup against the other 11-3 and team in the league as the Ravens are coming to town. Now, to go through the actual stats for that Niners game against the Cardinals last week, Brock Purdy, once again, was really, really good as he became the MVP frontrunner since Dak had some issues against Buffalo in the Sunday game. But Purdy had four touchdowns and 420, uh, 404, sorry, 242 yards, so he had a good game. QBR of 93.1. As for the ground game, McCaffrey was solid at 115 yards and a touchdown. For the receiving core, you saw McCaffrey have two receiving touchdowns and 72 yards. So McCaffrey had three touchdowns in total. Uh, Kittle had 54 yards on two catches. Debo had two touchdowns and 48 receiving yards. Ayuk was kind of quiet as he had 37 yards, and that was basically it. Now, as for the defense, uh, Kyor did put up some points, but overall he was not too sharp as he had two interceptions and he was sacked three times. To go through the actual sacks for the Niners defense, you saw Fred Warner get half a sack. You saw Chase Young get half a sack. Bosa had one and Kinlaw had one. As for the interceptions, you saw Traverius Ward get both, including a pick six early on in that game. So the defense had a touchdown and once again, three sacks, two interceptions overall, very solid. The ground game, though, was effective for Arizona as the Cardinals ran for a combined 234 yards on 7.8 yards per carry and two touchdowns. Connor was good with 14 carries for 86 yards and a touchdown. DiMercato had one long run, but he had 64 yards and a touchdown. And Kyler did get loose a little bit as he had 49 rushing yards. As for the receiving core for Arizona, you ended up seeing Trey McBride play well, who had 10 catches for 102 yards. And that was basically it. Elijah Higgins had 44 yards and a touchdown, but that was really 
all she wrote when it came to the important receiving numbers. Uh, Rondo Moore did nothing. He had two catches for five yards, and that was basically it. So either way, the point is the Cardinals really struggled to stop the Niners offensively. They had zero sacks in the game, so the offensive line for San Francisco definitely did its part. But the point is Brock Purdy was great, McCaffrey was great, and Purdy in the postgame presser basically said that McCaffrey should win MVP, which is a very nice gesture. Uh, you can make an argument, though, that A, the voters won't listen to him anyway because it's a quarterback award at this point in time, and Purdy's a good story, so the narrative does support a Mr. Irrelevant winning the MVP. But he definitely showed a lot of humility by saying that McCaffrey is basically the main piece of the offense, and I thought it was a pretty respectful press conference, and I wonder if he's going to sway some people into voting running back for the MVP, which has not happened since I believe Adrian Peterson, but it's been a long time since a running back's won MVP. If you ask me right now who I would pick between Purdy and McCaffrey, I would take McCaffrey if I had to pick between the two. But if Purdy wins it, I wouldn't be mad either way. I think it's a pretty interesting discussion when you have two teammates who are basically in the top four, top five in the MVP race. But I do respect the fact that Purdy was willing to basically deflect all praise and give it to his teammates. And I do think that it was definitely a very just nice moment in a press conference. But the point is the Niners keep rolling 11-3. and three. They're probably going to end up with the one seed because the Cowboys and the Eagles both lost last week. So the Niners gained some ground. But the Niners are going to keep rolling, hopefully. And we'll see how they finish up the season. As for the Ravens, though, they had a nice win on Sunday Night Football as they ended up beating the Jaguars. Did suffer a pretty big injury, though as Mitchell really destroyed his knee. Tough look there, but he's going to be out for the rest of the year. As for the actual game itself, the Ravens did win by 16. They could have won by a lot more. The truth is Jacksonville really didn't do much. They kept struggling to actually finish off drives, and the Jaguars left a bunch of opportunities by the wayside. Were the Ravens, all, were the Ravens good offensively? Not really. Uh, they were good on the ground. They had 251 rushing yards and one rushing touchdown. Lamar led the way, though, with 97 rushing yards. Passing-wise, though, the Ravens really didn't look that great. Lamar had 171 yards on just 14 completions. One touchdown, one pick, three he was sacked three times, uh, and he also had a QBR of 68.7. Overall, I understand that the Ravens love to use the run-first approach, but you were against one of the worst defenses against the pass in the entire league, and you only had 171 passing yards, and I didn't think Lamar looked that good in the pocket, simply put. He had a very nice escape prayer throw to Likely, which kind of looked like the Eli Manning pass to Tyree, where he just broke a sack and threw up a prayer, and it got answered. But I thought Lamar, passing-wise, was not that solid for most of the game, and the receiving quarter really didn't do much, but the ground game was solid, and that's something Baltimore is going to look to do in this game. They will not be as successful as they were against Jacksonville. I'll tell you that right now. But I do think that, once again, Lamar is another contender for the MVP. So you can argue that the winner of this game is going to have a serious edge over the other one. You can argue that if the Ravens lose this game and Lamar does not play well, he'll just be flat-out eliminated from MVP contention. I think it's ridiculous Lamar is even getting serious consideration, in my opinion, because the stats are not as great as you might think they are for an MVP candidate. I know it's a weird year, so there are no runaway candidates like a Mahomes like we've seen in previous years. But Lamar this season, for reference, has 17 touchdown passes? We're in week 16? Like, I, I understand, once again, this team loves to run the ball, and they tend to let Gus Edwards and other running backs get touchdowns on the goal line. But Lamar also has five rushing touchdowns. 
So he only has 22 touchdowns on the season, and he's in the top five for MVP, which I think is absurd to me. That's kind of a brief rant there. I would not give him serious consideration. You can argue that Hertz has also kind of fallen off recently because of the skid, including the Monday night loss against the Seahawks in that one, where he threw a pick on the final drive to lose the game. But you are looking at who's ahead of Lamar at this point, and you're talking about Purdy, you're talking about McCaffrey, talking about Tyreek Hill. I know Miami ended up winning without Tyreek Hill by 30 against the Jets. So you can argue that that actually hurt Hill's case for MVP. But the point is, I think all three of those guys are ahead of Lamar. I think you can make a case that Jalen Hurts is still ahead of Lamar. You can make a case Josh Allen is, but he really didn't do much uh, in the game against the Cowboys. That was mostly a James Cook game. I probably wouldn't put Allen ahead of Lamar, now that I think about it. But the point is, I have Lamar basically fifth behind two 49ers, uh, Tyreek Hill, and I'll throw in Jalen Hurts as well. So, uh, and Dak. I gotta mention Dak, of course. So... Yeah, uh, a lot of candidates that I think are ahead of Lamar, but if you want to throw his name into the ring, have fun with it. He's not going to win the award. But I do think it's a little bit weird that for an MVP uh, discussion, Lamar is mentioned and his numbers, stats-wise, are really not that great. But anyway, uh, to get back into the point of the, uh, I'd say, box score for the Jaguars game, uh, the Ravens running game really told the story. Uh, You ended up seeing the receiving core mostly likely did something, but nobody else did as likely had 70 yards and a touchdown. As for the defense, though, for the Ravens, it was pretty solid, had one sack, and it ended up uh, forcing two fumbles on Trevor Lawrence. One was recovered by uh, Mullet, and the other was recovered by Patrick Queen. As for the sack, it was recorded by Justin uh, Matabuki. Uh, So he had this lone sack there, but the Ravens defense I thought was okay. Uh, It was really good uh, in their own territory because the Jaguars were able to get some drives together and then they just fizzled out around midfield, give or take, or near the red zone. I thought Jacksonville got hosed on that Calvin Ridley touchdown where they showed a couple reviews and I thought it was a catch, but it ended up standing and it was ruled incomplete. So I thought Jacksonville maybe should have had 13 or 15 in this game, but they were only separated by about 60 yards. So Jacksonville, once again, offensively had moments, but they just could not close out drives. And to go through Jacksonville's actual stats, uh, Trevor Lawrence had 264 passing yards, one touchdown, no picks, sacked one time, QBR of 50.9. Kind of misleading because they had a couple of garbage time drives there at the end. As for the ground game, did absolutely nothing as the Jaguars only had 75 rushing yards in the entire game. As for Jacksonville's receiving core, most of the main receivers did nothing, as Zay Jones had 59 yards and five catches. Calvin Ridley had five catches for 39 yards. Thought once again he got robbed of a touchdown, but you saw Agnew have the big play as he had a 65-yard touchdown on a blown coverage. That was the only touchdown Baltimore allowed. So Baltimore arguably has the best defense in the league. You can argue them are the Niners, but it's definitely going to be a battle of two of the best defenses in the league and the Ravens only gave up points on one blown coverage in the entire game. The Ravens are also 6-1 and one on the road, so they have been a very good team away from home. And we'll see what happens in this matchup. But I do want to point out for the actual injury report for this game, both teams are relatively healthy. A reminder I mentioned a little while ago that Mitchell, the explosive running back for the Ravens, is now out for the year as his knee completely hyperextended. It was rough. If you saw a replay of it, it looked really, really bad. But the point is both teams should be pretty healthy for this game. So hopefully that's going to be the case, and hopefully we'll see a very fun game taking place on Christmas night. But anyway, 
to actually talk about the uh, division for the Ravens, because I mentioned the Niners basically winning their division already. The Ravens are two games ahead of Cleveland, so they have not officially wrapped it up, but they're in very good shape. They have a point differential of plus 100, and, uh, sorry, just doing the math in my head, about 159. So Baltimore's point differential is elite, and the Niners, of course, are basically in the same boat because they're also one of the best teams in the league, in my opinion, the best team in the league, and their point differential is really, really impressive as the Niners have a point differential of basically 200. So, yeah, you make an argument these are the two best teams in the league by country mile. I think the Niners are easily the best team. Ravens are probably two right now since we've seen the Eagles and the Cowboys struggle recently. So it should be arguably the matchup of the year because the Eagles matchup against the Niners, the rematch of the NFC title game, was billed as being a great matchup a couple weeks ago. But the game kind of sucked because we found out the Eagles were basically fraudulent and the Niners buried them in Philly by 23 points. This game should be a lot more competitive and hopefully the Niners end up on the right side of it. But anyway, time to get into the actual betting spread and the total for this matchup. Starting off with the actual uh, spread and the total, the spread is five and a half in favor of the Niners. The Niners are about minus five and a half and the over under is set at 46 and a half. Now, I do think, once again, since it is a battle of MVP candidates, you make an argument whichever quarterback is better between Lamar and Purdy, that's the team that's going to win. But I do think the main uh, battle for this game will actually be in the trenches because the acquisition of Chase Young for San Francisco has really helped revive this defensive line, which was struggling in the middle of the season. And Bosa's kind of gone on the warpath recently. I do think, of course, it's very difficult to contain Lamar. The Niners did a good job containing Hurts. And I do think if they can keep Lamar in the pocket and force Lamar to beat them with his arm, I'm skeptical of his ability to do so. And I know Lamar won an MVP. I'm not going to come out here and roast him because I know that he's a top five, top 10 quarterback in the league. But I do think there are some comps you can make to Hurts where he's a very mobile quarterback and the mobility is definitely a bonus. But the actual accuracy and the decision-making in the pocket is not always great. And I do think that Lamar can sometimes, I don't want to say uh, overrate his athleticism because, of course, he's not overrating it. But I think he puts a little bit too much faith in his athleticism sometimes because he's willing to never let a play die and he's going to try to make the most of every play. When it works, it works. But when it doesn't work, it gets really ugly. And that's how he throws some bad interceptions. So I do think that the real story of the game is going to be the turnover battle and the battle in the trenches because I do think that whichever team is not forfeiting possessions to the opposition they should be able to win and I do have more faith in the Niners offense to maintain proper ball security throughout this game than I do with the Ravens especially with the amount of fourth down conversions the Ravens attempt or fourth down uh yeah conversion attempts they uh try to use in a game I do wonder if they will be going forward on fourth and short and maybe they'll turn it over and forfeit some free points with Tucker who can kick a field goal from basically anywhere but I do think the Niners are the better team I'm not calling the Ravens fraudulent because I do think they are one of the best teams in the league, but I just think that the Niners are a step above every other team in the league. The Ravens, I will put in the second tier, but the Niners are by themselves at the top of the tier, and I do think the top of the first tier, and I do think that the Niners are going to look sharp at home, 5-1 and one this season at home in uh, Levi Stadium, so I do think you're going to see the Niners get the job done. Will it be easy? No, I'm not saying it's going to be, but I do think the Niners are going to be able to limit the ground game for the Ravens. Odell's had a couple of big games. For the most part, he's been a non-factor, 
but I do think that Flowers is going to be the main receiving threat, and I think the Niners will game plan for him. Likely he's been pretty good with the absence of Mark Andrews, who's out for the rest of the year. But I simply put, think the Niners have more firepower, and I do think that the Ravens' defense, despite only giving up seven points last week, did give up some decently long drives before the Jaguars shot themselves in the foot on a regular basis. Give me the Niners to get the job done, and I am going to lean to the under in this game. The weather's not supposed to be good. It's supposed to be some rain for this matchup, but you have two very good defenses. The Niners' defense, I'm going to chalk up last week to looking ahead, where they gave up 29 points, but they kind of let Arizona hang in there before they put their foot on the gas and ex really just extended the lead. I see both teams being physical, being extremely aggressive, and primetime unders have been very good so far this season. Give me the Niners to win this game somewhere in the realm of 24 to 17 or 24 to 16, something like that. But give me the Niners and give me the under in this game. So once again, my pick for the week 16 Christmas game between the Niners and the Ravens. Give me the Niners minus five and a half and give me the under 46 and a half. That's going to wrap it up. For this episode, find me on Twitter at Rice Show Radio. A reminder, we'll be back once again next week to go through the Niners Week 17 game against the Commanders. So keep an eye out for that. They'll be taking place on the 31st. But until next time, good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.